You are listening to Damascus Crossroads. From Central Kentucky, welcome to Damascus Crossroads, a podcast for those who are seeking healing from addiction. Your host, Tim Altman, will be having real conversations about how the power of Jesus Christ can break the chains of addiction and deliver anyone from this bondage. If you are at the crossroads of your life between continuing a life of affliction from addiction or living a life of freedom, you've come to the right place. May today's message be your Damascus moment and open your eyes to renewal. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Tim Altman, with the Damascus Crossroads podcast. Um, I was a cut from uh, Depeche Mode, uh, my own personal Jesus. Um, this is not, I know this is kind of club music, you know, from the um, 2000s, 1990s. Um, uh, but why um, I played that song is, even though it was written 30 years ago, it seems to be what's what's really happening today. Everybody is seeming to discover their own personal Jesus, or own personal God. Um, they they find a they make a God in their image, and we're supposed to. We were made in God's image, and we are made to to follow the the rules that God set forth um, through Moses's and the Ten Commandments through the Bible, and especially the final authority, Jesus Christ. His word is the final authority on any word in the Bible. Um, uh, you know, a lot of people say, well, in the Old Testament, God, you know, destroyed Israel's enemies and, and that's not a God of love. Um, for one thing, Jesus said the Old Testament is written from the hardness of their heart. So yeah, there is a few things in there that, that kind of, you know, shock people. Um, but for the most thing, the Old Testament is full of love and repentance and, and prophecies about the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ. Um, there's a lot of people out there, Bible haters that'll point to that, you know, the Old Testament, you know, where, where God told the Israelites to destroy their enemies and stuff like that. Um, but they don't understand the Bible. They don't know the truth. Jesus was loved. Jesus never, ever. Um, he um, he was asked about certain things that happened in the Old Testament, certain, certain laws about marriage and everything else. One was, of course, about um, marrying more than one wife. And uh, Jesus, again, said that was written from the hardness of your heart. Um, you know, uh, Jesus was, was, was love. Um, he didn't tolerate sin. He said, "I come to. I didn't come to destroy the the commandments of God, but I come to. I come to reinstate each one. And not only did he reinstate them, he made them more strict. He, um, you know, he said, "Thou shall not look on another woman and lust after him. Um, you know, or thou shall not, you know, commit adultery." But Jesus made it harder. He said, "If you even look at a woman and lust after, her, then you commit an adultery already in your heart. You know, thou shall not kill." Jesus made it harder. He said. If you have hate with a brother and you wish him dead, you've committed murder in your heart. So, um, 
you know, he is actually more strict on the law uh, than the Old Testament. Now, he believed in Jesus was believed in love and forgiveness. Where in the Old Testament, a lot of times you're you're you didn't have any forgiveness. You were stoned. Um, you know, you were destroyed um, for your sins. Where Jesus is so loving and kind, he gives us another chance. But whatever it says in anywhere, Jesus's words are the final the final authority on anything we do in our life. Period. Because um, they asked Jesus, well, the Old Testament says an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And Jesus said, no, no. He said, love your enemies. If it's somebody takes your coat, give them your shirt also. Pray for those who deceitfully pray for your enemies, you know. Um, so, like I said, we have to go with what Jesus says. Um, and I was asked a while back about the Bible. And um, I was, how do we know the Bible is real? Um, basically, I heard this from a preacher. It was really, it kind of put it in perspective. The Bible is a collection multiple first-hand accounts written while the first-hand witnesses were still alive of of miracles and events that fulfilled specific prophecies of the old testament and there's other historical proof through other writers such as josephus and other people archaeological evidence um like the fact that um pilate's name was found in an artifactical dig scribed in it was carved into a column they didn't even know that he was the actual governor of 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 is um of jerusalem at that time uh or israel so it because they were there and, and there's been a lot of this proof um when they dug up Sodom and gomorrah they found where it had been burnt with with huge hailstones um and they actually found out where it was at um so um and the and the thing about the bible is the authors also all the authors there's 40 different authors in the bible over 1500 years and they all claim to be the inspired word of God, not they wrote it. They all give God credit. Um, the Bible is an amazing book. There is no contradictions in it. Um, the closest thing to contradiction is um, the, the 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 book in there where, where you know the Israelites were told to destroy their their enemies, but the enemy was trying to destroy them and wipe them out too. Um, it was one of them deals. Um, I think the Old Testament, like Jesus told them, it, it was written from the hard. They were hard people back then. They were. Um, sometimes they had more than one wife. That's because when they took took into war, the men would all go out from from twelve years old up to the old men would go out to battle, and a lot of times over half of them would die, if not more. Sometimes ninety percent of them. And um, sometimes people had more than one wives back then. Um, you know, are we supposed to do that today? No. Jesus said a, a marriage is between one man and one woman. You know, so does that mean the Bible's not true because it? it contradicts itself where they were allowed to have more than one wife. And then Jesus came and said, no, you're allowed only to have, you know, one wife. No, you know, there's certain, there's circumstances, there's hardness of the heart. You know, there, there's issues in the old Testament. It was a different time. Um, Jesus came to clarify the laws and to, he said, when you've seen me, you've seen my father. And that's what, that's why I just, I'm follow. I mean, I just love Jesus. That's why I dedicated my life to Jesus Christ. Um, and I love the Old Testament. I I don't love it so much for hearing about the stories about Jericho and uh, all the battles they fought. If you talk about it, if you like military stuff, you'd really like the Old Testament. Um, the Israelites have been fighting for their lives for for six thousand years. Um, you know, uh, but I, I I love the Old Testament because there's so much prophecy there that, that that talks about Jesus and coming, and it just it puts the final stamp. <coughs> I mean, it puts the final authority on 
on the fact that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. He, he was the person prophesied about or, or the, the Holy One that came. And Jesus is going to judge the whole world. And, and how, you know, I always wondered, how can somebody judge us if they haven't walked in our shoes? And Jesus literally, literally walked in, in our shoes. He suffered. He was born poor. He grew up like us. You know, he, he, he worked like us. Um, he had a fan, you know, he had mother and parents and siblings. Um, he went through the same sufferings we did. You know, he got probably sick like we do. Um, you know, tired, wore out, um, sad, depressed. I mean, definitely in the garden of Semenia before he was crucified, he was very sad and upset. Um, but if, you know, what he, he knew what was he was going to go through. I mean, we, you know, we can't see the future like, you know, God can, but he knew what, what was about ready to happen to him. And, and man, it just, you know, he was of the, you know, he felt pain like we did. Um, that's why I love Jesus. Jesus is the real deal, y'all. It's a fact. In fact, the atheists even say anybody that denies Jesus was a real person, a real scholar, because they, cause they call him a scholar and a prophet and all this. But if they say he didn't exist, they're about like the people that say climate change don't exist. And this is coming from the left, from the liberal people out there. So Jesus is definitely real. Um, he's my savior. Um, I bet my life on it, you know, by faith. And I think it's funny, after the resurrection... Um, Thomas wouldn't believe that Jesus has, has had had risen again. Thomas said, "I won't believe until until I touch um, you know until I see, touch his wounds in his arm, you know the holes where the nails were and the sword where it pierced his side. Until then, I won't believe." So Jesus appeared behind him and he said, um, "Do you want to feel?" And of course, Thomas was like, "Yeah, well, you know." He felt his wounds and he said, "Blessed are blessed are those that believe in me that haven't seen this, Thomas." And that's who I am. I'm the person that I haven't physically seen Jesus, but I've seen him work in my life. I've seen the Holy Spirit work in my life um, and what he's did for me, um, the joy it brings me. And, um, you know, I just want people to, you know, tell people about it and spread it to them. Um, I think it's my, I think it's the most important thing as a Christian we have to do is tell other people about Jesus and try to help them um, get on the right track. Um, but one thing about this episode, I just want to talk about the, um, the fact that, you know, so many people, are, if when they're when they're being questioned, I don't think they're going to heaven. And then you look at their lifestyle; they they don't attend church, um, uh, they don't um, worship Jesus, they they drink. You know, even even like me, I was doing drugs, I was drinking, I was watching porn, um, I was sinful, I, I cussed every other word, I had hatred in my heart, and yet I was so delusioned. Just like the, no, I was just a normal public out there. You know, everybody. I was a drug addict, but if you take people in this country, man, over 50% of the people out there are, are on prescription drugs. And if you're on prescription drugs, in a lot of ways, you ain't no better than I am, that I was, you know. Um, I was I, I was lying to myself. I was, I was headed toward hell and destruction. Um, and not only in the afterworld, but this world, you know, drugs and, 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 and sin, sin, sin destroys us. And um, we, you know, as I was saying, God made us in, his image, and we try to make God in our image. You know, I tried to take God, and and I tried to wrap God into the fact that um, He wouldn't mind if I did dope, or um, He wouldn't mind if I cussed, or if I watched. You know, it was all right if I had a Playboy, and I, you know, I didn't look at porn, or you know, down that slope. Where now I know to, in order to keep my sobriety, I have to keep sin free. I can't let it sneak back in there because um, if it does, it's just like a, a avalanche. It it just starts out slow and it starts to, it starts to destroy you. Um, 
that's where you got to hold strong. Um, I've been a little down here lately. <coughs> it's like I've had a flu and I, and I haven't been out. Um, you know, I haven't been at my A meetings like I should. And uh, the devil, he's trying to wear me down a little bit. But um, I'm just not going to give in. And I'm not going to, I'm not ever going to give in to the devil again. Um, sometimes I get a little depressed, you know, like everybody get a little down, but you know, I think about people and the disciples, what they went through. I think about like people like Ethan that had cancer and suffered so long and always kept a good attitude and loved Jesus. And, and, uh, it just makes me think, man, I can't, I can't get down, man. I got to be thankful for the Lord's gave me the strength and, um, and, and protected me so far. And gave me the ability to to talk to people about him and serve him. Um, but that's one thing. If you're out there and um, you're struggling through through rehab, and and the thing is, I'm going to AA meetings with people that um, are in rehabs that don't talk about Jesus yet. They're feeling a spiritual power somehow, somewhere, and it ain't like they got any preaching or anything. It's just like um, maybe they pick up a Bible, maybe they remember something from their past, and the Holy Spirit talks to them, but. I've had a lot of the AA meetings, and then they sit there and describe the Holy Spirit to me, how, how they everything looks different. They, they start thinking different. They, they see their drug habit as what it was, a demon possession, um, a demonic, destructive thing that happened to them. And, and, they, and they talk about God, and they, you know, it's just like they're, they're on such a good track. They just need a little, you just need a little help. You just need to understand. That's what I'm trying to be there for people. I'm trying to say... Um, you know, go to the chosen, um, pick up the Bible, read the, read the new Testament. You're going to start learning what this, this feeling is that you're getting. This is the power of Jesus working through the Holy spirit in your life. Um, and it's so important because it's a, it's a life or death decision. Um, there's so many people out there that are, that have quit drugs and they're holding strong to Jesus Christ. Um, once they, and, and it, it's more than just having that feeling and and all that. You gotta you gotta you gotta follow the Bible. You gotta have the Ten Commandments engraved in your heart. You you got to follow the teachings of Jesus Christ. Um, you have to read the New Testament. You have to read Paul's writings. It all works together. You have to fellowship with other Christians. Um, you know, are they perfect? Like I always said, heck no, they ain't perfect. We're none of us are perfect. Um, and I think people use that as an excuse, their pride. Well, I'm not going to church with a bunch of hypocrites. You know what? We're all hypocrites, you know, just some to other degrees, you know. You know, I'm a hypocrite. A lot of times I'll, I'll you know, I'm like, you know, I'll look at this and I'll say, you know, that Ethan inspired me. I'm not going to lay around and cry or be depressed anymore, you know. Um, you know, people like Ethan and people that, you know, struggled and gave glory to God. And, of course, I'll catch myself being depressed. There you go. I'm a hypocrite, you know. Or, or like, you know, I think about drinking a beer sometimes, even though I'm really not like an alcoholic, but beer was kind of my motor oil to my drug habit. Anything I did revolved around alcohol, even though I wasn't really necessarily a heavy alcoholic or, um, you know, anything like that. Um, but it was kind of the motor oil that went with my methamphetamines or um, any of my partying, anything like that. Um, so it was a, a big part of my life. And that's, you know, that's why I'm not going to let it back into my life. You know, I'm not going to put the motor oil back in that engine, you know, because uh, you put the motor oil in it, you're going to start putting fuel in that motor. Uh, that's why, you know, I, I try to bulldog it and, and be strong, like like General Green, not, not one step back. You know, you hold your ground and you don't compromise. And um, you get through one day at a time, y'all. And you bring it through. Um, but in the surveys, um, as I was saying, you know, 65, up to 70% of people think they're going to heaven. Um, 10, 15 people 
they don't they don't need they believe there's a higher power but they don't believe you go anywhere after you die or i don't know what they they don't know what they believe and three three percent just said they're plumb going to hell um uh, unless they repent they're being honest um it's a sad thing and i, th- I think the devil loves it. i think this is his greatest victory with his country is the fact that he's got us all convinced that we're going to heaven and we're watching our filthy tv and living our filthy lives, doing our alcohol and drugs, and um, have no reverence for God. Um, I've learned something this time and through the Holy Spirit um, that being a Christian is, is being, you know, being godly. And, and you're not perfect, but you got you to gotta start cutting sin out of your life and, and love people and be good to them. I've seen some comments online where... Um, you know, they, they call Christian people, they compare it to religious people, and they say, um, you know, one person was like, you know, Jesus taught to be loving and caring and help the widows and the orphans, and you, they're like, you don't see any Christians doing this. All they do is bash people's lifestyles and, um, you know, bash the way they live and their sins, and they don't have, and you know what, they, they got a really good point. They, you know, it's like, if we want to go to heaven, we got to live, we got to live like Jesus did, and we got to have that big heart. We got to care about people. We can't go around bashing and judging people. Um, if somebody's in a sinful lifestyle, we need to just, you know, try to talk to them about Jesus and, 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 you know, maybe they, when they get Jesus in their life, he'll, he'll do what he, he'll do in their life, what Jesus done for me. He'll start pulling that sin out. Um, but you know, that's what I pray for. Um, you know, I got friends out there, you know, that, that live lifestyles that if they don't change, they'll, they'll probably won't make it to heaven, but they're still my friends. And I, I'm still, you know, nice to them. We still talk and laugh and have, you know, jokes and uh, stuff like that. You know, I, I, I pray that they find Jesus. Um, I have people out there, their friends that still do drugs and, and drink, you know, um, I pray for them too, you know, and, and they're not friends that I go out and I hang out. I don't go over their house and hang out with them like that, but I see them out at different events and, you know, I just say hi to them and we have, Hey, how you doing? That kind of talk. And how's this family member, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, in the Bible, there was a survey done <clears throat> about surroundings. They, um, put a rat in a, um, in a cage and, um, they put cocaine water in one bottle, regular water in the other, and um, the rat would run and and drink that cocaine water over and over again until he OD'd, and he it just kept happening. They kept doing tests. Well, somebody got the idea. Well, let's make the cage bigger. Let's put a couple more rats in there, and let's put some some tunnels in there, and let's put a little Ferris wheel for the rat, and um, some soft music, and uh, you know, um a little rat fun park and stuff like that and give him healthier food. And sure enough, the rat, the rats would no longer drink the cocaine water. They would drink the regular water and they quit ODing. But what that goes, now that is a perfect example of us on drugs. If we're in just a plain cage all by ourselves, lonesome, just like we're on drugs, um, nothing to do, nothing to keep our mind occupied. We go right for that cocaine water and OD just like that rat. But if we can put ourselves in a cage where we're doing fun things, where we have fellowship with um, with other rats, <laughs> well, not rats, but people. In our case, it'd be people. Um, the outlook is different, and, and the rat no longer we no longer choose to do the 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 drug. So this is about changing your environment. You know, get out of that in whatever environment you were with and with drugs. 
and get out of that environment, um, get you a different environment, um, and do go to church. And I, when I first got saved years, years ago, I, I was a big, and that was a big downfall of mine. Um, people at church ain't perfect. Um, they're no different than us. You know, they have their problems. Um, they, they have sins. Uh, but, but we're working, you know, we're, we're, they're heading in the, we're heading in the, the direction toward God. And, um, you know, if you get to a good church, they're going to build you up. They're going to, they're going to help you when you're feeling down and you should come out of church feeling, um, a little better about yourself. You know, maybe you've got a good preacher and like I said, he's going to preach against sin. And, and if you come out of church and, and you're happy all the time and you don't feel like you, he got underneath your skin, then you probably need to find a new preacher because that's their job. Their job is to convict you, you know, of your sins <coughs> and and help you become a better person. I'd rather somebody convict me now of my sins and when I stand in front of Jesus, and I, I don't want to know about my sins then. Uh, I want to I want to know about them now because if if somebody out there can see what you're doing is wrong and evil. And I'm getting to the point where I, I walk up to people and I'll ask them, man, what do you see my, my downfall is? What what can I work on, you know? Uh, one thing I was told, I'm a little bit cocky once in a while. I need to cut that back a little bit, um, you know, be a little bit more understanding. Um, that's true and um, very true. I need to be a little bit more, you know, understanding and have a little bit more compassion, I guess, um, to, for, for, for people. And um, so that's one of my downfalls. I, I need to get more active. You know, I've, I've been having the flu, I'm in flu for a couple of weeks, so I haven't been out to my A meetings and, and going around talking to people, visiting people. My mom is going to go to church me tomorrow, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, we go to local church up the hill, so um, close to home. So um, I told mom, you used to make me go to church, so I'm going to make you go to church tomorrow. If she, so Lord willing, she's feeling all right. I'm going to, we're going to go to church tomorrow and um I think it's good. You know, you get out of rehab, get your family, get your your moms love you. There's people out there that love you. Take them to church with you. You know, that's that's one way. You know, that shows people that that you're that that you're trying to do better. You know, when you're making that effort to go to church and stuff like that. And um, I was talking. You know, a lot of times we have loved ones come out of rehab, and uh, we uh, you know, you have a hard time trusting them. You know, you're like, uh, how do I know you're you're going to stay straight? And I, I know that there's a lot of people listening to me right now that, that probably have loved ones and, and, you know, maybe they have a wife at home or, you know, baby's mama at home and, and they want to get back with them. And that person just don't trust you. You know what I'm saying? They're like, I don't want nothing to do with them. You know, you probably let them down before. You can't blame them. You know, I lied to my wife about it every, every week, you know, every time I I'd run out of dope and tell her I never was doing it again. I was lying, you know, for years. And, you know, I don't blame her for not trusting me for a long while. She does now, finally, because, you know, I ain't did no dope for so long. And uh, I think she pretty much knows I'm I'm done. Um, I think she knows that I know the Lord's watching me. And, and you know, people say, well, the only reason you're quit is because you're scared. You know, if you go back, you'll probably end up dead or in jail. Yeah, yeah, that's one reason. I'll be honest with you. I love Jesus. That's another reason. And I fear hell. That's one great big reason. You know, I know I end up burning in hell. And um, that's that loving Jesus and and not wanting to let my family down. I mean, I got so many reasons not to do dope again. But um, anyways, if if you're one of them people that are, that you know you really you really changed, and um, if you want a way to convince that your your loved one, you know that that 
you want another chance, you got to you got to you got to step up to the plate and you got to show them that you've changed. You get out of rehab, call your better half and, and tell them, say, you know, let's 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 go to church together. Um, let's go to the AA meeting. That's what I did when I got home with my wife. We went to AA meetings. Um, she'd go with me. Uh, we went to um, church together. We attended church. And and that way, you know, even even though I was doing all that, she she still, you know, obviously, you know, even if you do all that, people are still not gonna, you know, you it's just gonna take time for that to heal and, and trust to come back into any kind of relationship. Um, but one thing you can try doing too is um, there is the thing called the Casey Law, um, and, and you just tell them you put it in writing. You go to a notary public. You tell them you just write it out. Have an have an attorney if you want. You don't need an attorney, but you, you can if you want, and and have them write this. This way, they can trust you one hundred percent. And on this sheet, you sign it too, and say if there's any suspicion that I'm doing drugs, I want to have a drug test done on me immediately. If I refuse, I want to be Casey Loud. Um, if a judge is reading this now, I'm in my straight mind. And please, Casey, allow me and send me to a rehab place so I don't end up dead or in prison. Uh, this is my wishes. You sign it. Um, you give it to your loved one. Uh, you take it to a notary of the public. And you and it's like, I think it is a $200 filing charge in Kentucky. There's other states that have the same law, basically. Um, and basically, if, if your ex suspects you of drugs, she takes it to a judge they casey law you they they drug test you um you know and that way you know that that kind of to my wife when i done that i told my wife that she she kind of she kind of trusts me man that was I, I i liked it because that way i didn't go through that you know her always suspecting me every day of doing drugs because that's what she was used to that's the way i was every day i told her i quit every day i was on dope every time she come home but then after i told her about the casey law thing where you know i signed you know i stepped to the plate with that you know, that kind of put her at ease where we didn't have to, we kind of, we didn't have to, we could let that go because, you know, she knew I was serious about quitting. And, um, but you got to stay, you can't just go, go home and drinking beer with your buddies and, and running out at night and, and trying to act like you quit. And, you know, people ain't going to believe you. You, you got to show the change, y'all. And, uh, stick with Jesus. He'll get you through it, y'all. And, um, Sunday tomorrow, going to be going to church. Uh, anybody out there? I, I really recommend church. Um, it's important. There's um, like I said, when you go to church, there's going to be people. St- your preacher's going to step on your toes. You know, he's going to. Um, the other day, we um, preacher always says if um, uh, you know, we get ready to pray in the mornings at church, and he he said, come up front if you Lord leads you to come up front. And of course, everybody sat there, nobody come up front, and so he got to preaching. He said, you know what? If the Lord can take take what all that punishment He did for you, all the stripes, walking up Calvary carrying that cross on His back after He's been beaten, and you can't even walk up here and and, and kneel down and pray to Him, and uh, it convicted a bunch of us at church, you know. So you know the preacher's job's to to step on our toes, y'all, um, so we can become better. Because you know what, if the if the preacher's seen that we that we weren't going up front to to pray don't you think god above and jesus didn't see us not praying but um anyways it's um been a blessing and uh remember we don't create our own personal jesus we 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 have our own jesus he's the jesus for everybody and we he 
we don't he doesn't conform to our way of thinking we don't make a deal with him he has a only thing we do to Jesus is we we thank him for for what he did for us on Calvary we repent of our sins we tell him we're sorry for what we did and we tell him we love him and we we invite him into our heart and um and then we start looking at his teachings and what he taught and we start living that way and we follow his commandments that's what we do and that's how we become Christians and that's how we become that way we don't make we can't make up we can't do like the children of Israel when Moses went up on the Mount Sinai to, to get the 10 commandments and he come back down and they were building images or idols idols of of the new God or something out in the desert, out in the wilderness. And Moses had a fit and, you know, they were doing sinful things because they were inventing their own gods. And I'm sure just like when we invent our own gods, we, 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 every sin we have is acceptable because we've made it up ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Um, drugs are all right. Drinking, fornication, it's all right. It sounds like Moses seen all that when he, cause he had a fit when he come down there and seen them worship them, them idols they had built. And it's just like us, if, if we don't have proper biblical training, we start building our own God in our head, just like them Hebrews were out, out there in the wilderness. After being led, after all the miracles they had seen, just like us, after all the miracles the Lord did for us to get us out of our, our, drug, our drug addiction and saving us from death and destruction and prison, all them things, and yet we still, we still want to get out, make up our own God, and not follow the Bible, not follow Jesus' teachings. And that's just what them Hebrews were doing. After all the miracles, they they didn't even want, they wanted to do their own thing still. Their own pride, it was destroying them, just like it does us, our own pride. We have to humble ourselves. We have to repent. That's the most important thing is pride kills us and not being humble to the Lord. But um, with that, um, God bless y'all. Um, hope y'all make it church tomorrow. I'll pray for you and you pray for me. Thank you for listening to Damascus Crossroads Podcast. If you like what you hear, follow us for more episodes. You can also visit our website by clicking the link in the description below. We'd like to thank Andrew Osinga for granting us permission to use his song The One True Thing on our podcast. If you haven't checked out his music, you're missing out on great praise and worship songs with uplifting messages. May God bless your day, your week, and keep you strong in your faith.